How's everybody doing tonight? Good? Good? So what did you guys think of last week? So for those of us that were here, what did we think of last week? What did we think of what Lou Anderson brought to us? What, what he told us, what he shared with us? Right? Yeah, it's, it's kind of eye-opening, right? It's eye-opening to see a situation and see what's happening. Uh, and it's happening in our country as well. It's not just happening in, in, in foreign countries. Um, a couple of things that I, I just came with, like came away with, because again, God has been challenged me the last couple of months of my life uh, of seeing this great need, seeing what's happening, and just kind of being like, I need to do something, right? And so two things that I came away with was that I, I still have just been echoing in my head ever since is every 26 seconds, a girl is brought into the sex slavery industry. Every 26 seconds, you guys. That's crazy to me. And I loved the, what Lou challenged, what, what he challenged us to do was refuse to do nothing. I refuse to do nothing. I refuse to sit on my couch and, and, and sit in, in, the, in the comfort when I know that this stuff is happening. Um, I refuse to, to not run because I don't like running, but I can do it. I can raise awareness. I can raise money to do it. So I would just challenge you with that. Refuse, refuse to think not here, Right? Refuse to think that, ah, that happens over there. It doesn't happen here. Refuse to think that you won't make a difference. So I want to challenge you with that. Because one of the other stats that he shared is that 70% of foster girls are brought into the sex industry. That should hit you on both sides, right? What is one thing you guys love here at Sunrise? RFK. 70% of those girls, you can look at them. You can look at their faces get brought into the sex industry. I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of like, okay, God, I, I don't know if you can make this more evident that we needed to do something about this. And so tonight, I think it's kind of a perfect way um, because what God kind of stirs in my heart is, is I'll be comp- completely transparent. The first kind of emotion that I feel is anger, right? When I hear about girls being, being put in the sex industry, being sex trafficked, it makes me mad. And so tonight we're kind of ending our freedom series. And we're going to talk about bitterness tonight. That God wants us free from bitterness. God wants you to live in freedom and not be slaves to anything in your life. So tonight we're going to look at bitterness, anger, and his cousin resentment. All of us experience these things, right? I don't believe that you can be a human on earth and not at least be angry at least once and know what resentment and bitterness feel like. Because like I said, thinking about sex slavery, thinking about kids being forced into an industry that they don't know about, being forced into an industry that they don't see anything better than that. It makes me mad. I was talking to a guy at the gym. Uh, He used to be the Mankato West football coach, so he's a big guy. And uh, he's low in stature. He's low and sturdy, I say. Um, I played racquetball with him once. He hit me in the back of the knee with the racquetball. I've never almost cried and tried to be like so manly. Like, he's like, oh man, are you okay? I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm fine. I think you broke it. You know, like, it was one of those things like, this skin doesn't get hit very much. Like, it, it was completely, it, hurt, it, it was the worst pain I've ever felt. And he told me he wasn't good at racquetball, liar. Anyway, 
I was telling him about what I was doing because I was telling him about what, why I was running. And, uh, and so he, he just kind of was like one of those things that it kind of blew him away too. Uh, but then he did, I think, what is natural. He's like, man, if you could just get your hands on those guys. And I'm like, yeah, you could do some damage. You know, like he would, he would maul some people if he could get a hold of them. But that, I think that's a natural first reaction. Lou talked about the movie Taken. Uh, I was just asked this right before, um, what's one of your favorite movies? Taken is one of my favorite movies. And so I loved that Lou kind of referenced that because, like, I don't know about you, but I want to be Liam Neeson. I wish I had a cooler voice like Liam Neeson. You know, like, I have a particular set of skills. You know, like, I wish I could do that. Like, just, oh, man, it would be awesome. I'd just be like, hello. You know, like, I don't know. It's just, it's a dream of mine. Anyway, but this movie has like everything that I love. It's like, it's about justice, right? Like, well, kind of. Um, well, let's, let's table the justice. Anyway, he saves his daughter. He's a dad. You know, like his daughter gets taken. Um, it's a rescue story. In the end, he goes and get, grabs her. Um, like I said, I, I, I want to have a cool voice. I want to have a particular set of skills. Killing people is not one of them. You know, like, I, I don't have that skill. I'm not good at it. Um, I don't know. Like, you could just run away and be like, yeah, I can't find them. Like, that, that would be where I would stop, right? And so I'm not Liam Neeson, but I love that movie um, because I think it stirs something in, inside of me, inside of us as people. And I look at things like sex trafficking and say, it, I, I'm, it's okay getting angry at something like that. But even being angry for the right reasons can lead to bitterness in us. If it's not dealt with, bitterness defined um, by psychologists is a, is a chronic and pervasive state of smoldering resentment. I love that word smoldering because that's exactly what bitterness does, right? It just sits inside of you and, and smokes and bolts. And like, it just, I have this vision of like a, an ember, just bright, burning, and it won't go out. It just gets brighter and brighter and it keeps going. And psychologists say it's one of the most destructive and toxic human emotions. What happens when it becomes more than anger? When we become bitter, we blame something or someone else for our misery, right? I'm in this spot because so-and-so did this to me. I'm feeling this way because this situation has happened in my life. Because a bitterness eventually leads us. It becomes us. It becomes who we are. How many of you know that person in your neighborhood that you're like, nobody goes to his house? Right? They're just like mad at everybody. They're mad at the world. They, you know, like nobody goes to their house. When you see them, you see somebody who's just locked in bitterness. Bitterness, if left unchecked, can become your personality. And ultimately, you end up as victims. Not by the person or situation or thing that happened, but it's by yourself, right? Because a lot of times, no matter what happened to us, no matter who did it to us, you're the last thing they're thinking about. That situation is the last thing they're thinking about. Studies have shown that bitterness leads us to anxiety, depression. You can become violent, right? Like, because you're just thinking about that situation. You're like, man, I can't wait to get even. And when it happens, bam, you know, like we just go crazy. It leads us to like be, be a cynic. We just have like a, a, a terrible view on the world. Like everybody, everybody's just out to get me. Everybody's against me, right? 
You never have healthy friendships because the first time that anybody messes with you, you're just like, you're just like the rest. I knew it. And you're done with them. We start to think that everybody's that way. So a question for all of us is this. Do you want to see yourself as a victim? Good. Nobody rose their hands. I was like, okay. I, if we did, we would have to talk after. Anyway, great. Nobody wants to see themselves as a victim. But that's exactly what bitterness does. Because I think when we look at it, when we be honest with ourselves, many of us live the opposite. Situations that come up that we don't realize are holding us hostage, holding us back. We feel powerless in the situations. We become victims. Becoming angry is one thing, right? Like hearing about sex trafficking and seeing that every 26 seconds a girl is brought into an industry that she has no choice in. It should make us mad. It shouldn't kind of upset us when we see people being oppressed. It's a natural reaction. Things against God's word make us, like, Jesus went into the temples and started flipping tables. I don't think he was like, oh, good day. Woo! You know, like, he wasn't happy about that. Like, that's not something that Jesus was, like, just for. Things should make us upset. But becoming bitter is completely different. It bakes in us. It stews in us. We worry about it. And it's not how God wants us to live, you guys. Jesus didn't die on the cross so that you could be a victim to anything. Any bitterness we have, we hang on to, only makes our wound worse, right? Because we sit there and we think about it, we think about it, and I just I think of like an infected wound, right? Like you just keep picking at it and picking at it, and it just keeps, it gets bigger and bigger, it becomes a bigger thing, it gets more infected, eventually your arm falls off. You know, like, it just, it's one of those things that the longer we stew on it, the worse it gets. If there's a situation in your life that you can't get over it, you can't get past it, and you can't forgive, it's warning signs that there's probably bitterness there. Thankfully, in Scripture, we see an antidote. Jesus tells us how to get out of the trap. Turn to Matthew 6, verses 12 through 15. And this is the end of Jesus' prayer. And we're going to kind of focus on that tonight. Many of us know this prayer, right? It's the Our Father. But verse 12 says this. It starts, I have ESV, uh, and I think that's what's on the screen. It says, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father Forgive your trespasses. You guys, I think there's a grave warning there. But there's a formula that I want to point out. I want to point out four different things. The very first thing in verse 12, Jesus says, forgive us our debts. The first thing I want to point out is it's, it's about you, not them, not the situation. Right? Bitterness makes us feel like we don't have any debts. 
Bitterness makes us feel like we don't have, we don't have control in a situation. It's not our fault. It's the things that are happening to us in this life that are making me be angry, making me be upset, making me be bitter. I have a right to feel this way. Another word for that is your victim. Again, I didn't see any hands when I raised, like, how many of you want to be a victim, right? Because victims feel powerless in the situation. You guys, God gives you power to overcome that. And he gives us a blueprint here. It's not about them, it's about you. That's a good place to start. Jesus, I've got a cruddy situation in my life right now. I don't know what is going on. If there's anything we've done here, I've done here, let's start with me. Fix my heart first. I don't know what's going on. And then two is identify the source. As we also forgive our debtors, it says. To me, what that implies is they know what, who's done it to them, right? Sometimes when we're fighting this thing, this, there's this thing in our life, and we become so bitter, and eventually we get to this point where we're like, I don't even know what I'm angry at. I don't even know what, I don't remember what happened. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I'm in this spot. I don't know why I feel this way. We walk around in this wounded state, and we've just forgotten who, what we're even angry about. In order for there to be forgiveness, we need to know who and what we're forgiving, right? So some of us, it takes work. We need to ask, what happened even? One of the things that I want to kind of tell you guys, it's, it's okay to walk up to somebody and say, I just want you to know you hurt me when you did that. How many of us don't do that? It hurt me when you elbowed me in the forehead, Right? <laughs> We might have to have some forgiveness there afterwards. But so many times we just, we don't say anything. Something hurts us and we don't say anything. We act like, no, it's okay. You can keep walking all over me. It's fun, you know? There may be some of you here tonight that's like, yeah, but Pastor Tim, you don't know my situation. You don't know what I went through. And you're right. I don't know everything. I haven't experienced everything. But I want to tell you that God does. God sees. God knows what you're going through, that you're not alone. If you don't know what you're angry at, ask him, God, what is going on? You'll be surprised what he'll highlight in your heart. And then number three, after we acknowledge who hurt us, what hurt us, it's forgive them. Some of you may have to have tough conversations with people. I remember after I gave my life to Jesus, there was a lot of situations that, that God began like kind of bringing up and, and things with people that I, I wasn't proud of. And I had to go to a lot of people. And this was, it was, sometimes it was years after I had done this thing. And I'd just be like, hey, I just want you to know, I just felt like God kind of put this on my heart. I just want to say I'm sorry for it. And they're like, whoa, Sorry. Um, but they would just be like this, like, why are you apologizing for it now? And it's like, I just feel like God has put up my heart. And it's tough to walk up to somebody and be like, when you did this, it didn't feel good, but I just want you to know that I, I forgive you anyway. 
And some of you, I wouldn't push you to go talk to somebody. Like some of us situations have happened, I wouldn't say, okay, go back there and, and tell them you forgive them. Some of us, like we do the letter trick, right? Have you ever done that? Where you just write everything down, you just put it all on a piece of paper, you're just like, God, I don't know what's happening. This, you know, and you can be specific. This person did this to me, but I forgive them. And then you like set it on fire or throw it away or you know, do whatever's, whatever destructive method you love most. But it's our action, because forgiveness means to let go, to leave behind, to dismiss, to cancel one's debt. It's not forgiveness with terms, right? Some of us are like, I'm going to forgive you, but only so much. And we always bring it up, like when they did that, like, ah, remember when you did that thing? I thought you forgave me. I did, but remember? Like, right? Like, it's like, okay, seriously, it's not with terms. And some of us, when we're asking for forgiveness, we, we carry around this, this guilt in our life. Yeah, but you don't know me behind the scenes. You don't know what I've done. I've heard that from numerous students, and I'm like, you're only 18, what have you done? You know, it's like <laughs> because Jesus says it's been paid for. We're all sinners, right? I'm not perfect. When we give our lives to Jesus, he like just does that stamp, like bam, paid for, done, taken care of. Don't worry about it. One of the things that my family is really good at, and I want to highlight it, that forgiveness and forgetting are two different things. A lot of us like to just move on from things, right? My family was notorious for this. We would talk about nothing. And even still to this day, it's sometimes awkward. But I grew up with a family that was like, something would happen, something would just, you know, and it would be completely terrible. And then an hour later, we just act like nothing ever happened. We would forget, and that was our version of, of forgiveness. Letting go of something doesn't mean that you'd put yourself right back in the same situation, right? We gotta be smarter than that. And some of you are saying, you know what, I've tried this. I've asked God to forgive me. I've asked him to point out who it is. I've forgiven them, but it keeps coming back. Time and time again, it keeps coming back. I keep, I'm still mad. I'm still bitter. I'm still, I still feel like a victim. And the last one, number four, as I say, rinse and repeat. Sometimes it takes more than once. God, I'm still mad. I need to go through this with you again. I give it back to you. And I would tell you, keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it and keep doing it until one day God's like, it's gone. Forgiveness isn't always easy. But God will help you get rid of it. And then in verse 14 is kind of where we see, where I see kind of a warning for us that if, if we want to walk around in this bitter state, this is what Jesus says is coming to us. For if you forgive others your, their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you. 
I don't know about you guys, but that scares me. Right? It's this point that I'm like, if I'm holding on to anything... I don't, I don't want that to be in my life. It's like when we walk around with bitterness, it's like we're stuck in a jail cell and we act like there's no key, but we're in there because we put ourselves in it, right? Like we have the key and we're like, oh, I don't want to be in here. And like the, the, the jailer's like, come out, dummy. You got the key. Like, get out of there. And I think God tells us this because it reflects our attitude towards his grace and mercy in our life. We're all sinners, and we're all sinners saved by grace. But how do we expect to fully understand forgiveness if we're not letting go of things in our life? If we're not forgiving? It doesn't say we really understand what Jesus has done for us. Ephesians 4 31 and 32 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. I love that word, tenderhearted. Because bitterness makes us calloused, Right? It makes us a victim. It makes us push away. But God wants us to be tender-hearted towards one another. And one of the things that has helped me is First Peter two, verse twenty-three. It says that He entrusted Himself to Him who judges justly. And what this tells me is that this frees me from bitterness. This frees me from wanting to hold on to it because God's got my back. And you guys, God's got your back. I want you to know that if somebody has done something to you, we don't just forgive them and keep going. It doesn't just turn a blind eye. God will judge and judge justly in that situation. If I can have the worship team come back up. I want us to kind of have a response time in this because I think bitterness locks a lot of us down and we don't even realize it. But I want to tell you tonight is to remember that God has your back. In those situations, he is a just judge. Give it to him. He's got your back. If you've been wronged, he'll take care of it down the road. So if you're here tonight and you've already fallen for the trap of bitterness, this place is going to be an altar. I want us to respond in worship. Maybe you just need to sit in your chair and pray through the situation or situations or people. And Jesus warns us to the degree that we forgive others, we will be forgiven. Basically, if you don't forgive, if you don't forgive, you're not forgiven. Plain and simple. Jesus wants you to be free from bitterness. Bitterness in our heart only holds one person in a jail cell, and it's you. Bitterness is about you, not them. 
If you find yourself to be a bitter person, dig in, find the cause. It's okay to say, this is what hurt me. But then Jesus pushes further. He says, okay, now you forgive them. And I would say, keep going until it's gone. He wants you to be defined by his grace and mercy, not your anger and hurt. How many of us walk around that way? What are you being defined by? So tonight I just want to push you in a spot. I believe that God may be highlighting situations that you've gone through. You may be putting people in your mind. And you may need to acknowledge it. You may need to acknowledge the pain, the hurt, the anger. then we need to ask to forgive them. I want to ask you, do you trust that God is a just judge? Do you trust that he's got your back, that he'll take care of the situation? Some of us may honestly say no, right? (laughs) No, I want to get revenge. That'll tell you where your heart is. So I want to ask you, are there people in your life that you need to let go of things in? Because frankly, if we're not forgiving, we're being a hypocrite, right? I love Jesus. He saved me. I'm a sinner. But I'm going to hold that one thing against that person because it was just too far. It was too much. So we're going to go back into worship and I would just ask you, if you need prayer in this area in your life, I'm here, grab a neighbor. Otherwise, just take this time to kind of go back to God and say, God, show me. I'm tired of being bitter. I'm tired of being angry all the time. I'm tired of seeing people not the way that you do. I'm tired of being a victim because I want freedom in this area of my life. I'm done being angry done being a slave. Let's worship him. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you are our hope. Father, that the situations don't define us, that our anger, our resentment, our fear, our bitterness doesn't define us. That, God, you have chosen that we live in freedom. Father, even though that we see terrible things and things that that are against your word, that oppress people, that that bring emotions of, of anger, Father, those are natural reactions, but God, help us not to let them go further. Father, may it push us into doing something about it. May it push us in a spot that we we rely on you to move in this area. Father, I pray over our students, Lord, that when they walk out of here, that they can feel the weight of bitterness be lifted off of them. Father, restore joy in their heart for the first time in maybe months, weeks, or years. That they can feel the difference in their life. And Father, I pray for those areas that maybe it's harder to let go of. God, that we would come back to you over and over and over again. That we would put in the work that needs to be done. 
so that bitterness won't be in our hearts. God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the challenge. We thank you for you and your honesty that that when we carry bitterness, when we carry anger with us, that God, we don't see you the right way. We don't see what your son Jesus has done for us the right way. It's not only a danger with our relationship with you, it's a danger with our relationships with other people. And Father, we give it back to you. We declare freedom in this area in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. One last time, we get to scream freedom. Three. Freedom.